This is Hal Hester, lead pastor of Vine Life, and this is our podcast, The Empowered Word. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective on what God is doing in your life. Please enjoy the message. Woo! All right. Oh, man. Oh, man. That was a good race. That was a good race. Woo! All right. See my medal? Yeah. Good stuff. Woo! Good stuff, guys. Yes, I am preaching in a tank top today. <laughs> good morning, Bi-Lifers. How are you guys doing today? Good, good, good. Can you tell what the theme is today? All right. I, I wanted to start this morning uh, painting a picture for everyone um, because uh, a few years ago I turned 40 and uh, I decided that it was probably time for me to be serious about my health and, you know, kind of get my body in place. I mean, I realized my body was starting to age. I was gaining weight in areas I didn't want to gain weight. And uh, my energy level was dropping and I, I actually really value being active. I really value having adventure in my life. And so I took up running. And I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to start running. Um, it was, I figured it was kind of like, it was a convenient way to exercise. You know, I, I kind of started to learn to enjoy it. It's not my favorite thing to do, but two to three times a week, um, I wake up early in the morning. Um, I, get, I get up early. I lace up my shoes, my running shoes. And uh, I go on a run for about three to five miles. And um, to hold myself accountable, because, you know, it's not really my favorite thing to do is to run. I struggle with it. Um, it's just a way for me to exercise, and it's kind of a, a convenient way to do that. I decided to reward myself with, a, uh, with something that, you know, like I can keep myself accountable to this. And so I rewarded myself with a goal. And so for those of you guys who don't know, know me, know my family, uh, we are avid Disney fans. We love everything Disney. I know Disney is evil. We've heard it, you know, but I, I just love going to Disney World. I, we love it. My family loves it. That's our happy place. And so um, there's just something about that place. So my reward for being consistent in running is actually to go to these Disney races. I love going to these Disney races. I love them. Um, they're really fun. And you're not going to agree with me when I describe this in just a second. You're not going to agree with me because here's what I have to do when I go to a Disney race. They, they kind of get everybody out of, the, out of the parks and everything before, uh, before the parks open. So I have to wake up at 2.30 a.m. And I make an hour and 45 minute drive on race day to go to Disney World. I get there about 3.30, 4 o'clock, and I gathered with like thousands of other people getting ready to run this race. Thousands of people, we all start this race, and we just start running at 5 a.m. in the morning. It's dark, okay? Sometimes it's raining, sometimes it's cold, sometimes it's perfect. It doesn't matter, I'm having fun, right? And so I started by running these 5Ks, you know, because I didn't, I wasn't a good runner, and so I just started with these 5Ks and, and just to see how I could do, and you know, it wore me out, and I was like, woo. You know, but I built up to doing 10Ks, and so I started doing 10Ks, and that kind of started pushing my limits, and I was like, whew, this is hard. But you know what? This, um, in, uh, in January, I'm going to be doing my first half marathon, and I'm a little bit scared right now because I'm still in the training process, and I'm not quite ready for this, okay, because I'm still kind of new at running, okay? I'm a little bit nervous, but there is something about crossing that finish line. There is something about crossing that finish line that is just amazing, Right? Something that you have prepared for, something that you have invested into, something that you have worked hard for, something that, that you know that you have put in the effort. Okay? There is something about crossing that finish line. And so I wanted to paint a picture for you really quick this morning about that moment. 
I love Walt Disney World. They do everything just amazing, okay? And so I want to kind of describe this, this epic finish line that Disney sets up for you. And we can show a picture of that really quick. And this is kind of what it looks like, okay? Just for a second, I want, I, want to, I want to kind of show you what it feels like. You know, you may have been running this race, and you have been giving it everything you've got, and you're going, and you're running, and you're just going, 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 right? Running, 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 and you are out of energy, you are out of breath, but then you like take this last corner, and this last corner, there it is, the finish line. I don't know what happens, but there is this boost of energy that you're like, I can keep going. I'm going to go. I'm going to make it, right? And it's so cool because there's loud music. There's lights flashing. There's confetti cannons. Mickey and Minnie and Donald and Goofy, they're all waving you in. It's like this epic moment. You're like, yeah, and you cross this finish line, and you're like, I worked for this. This is my reward. And there's photographers taking your picture, and you're like getting this medal, and you're like, yeah, you're loading up with Gatorade and snacks and everything. You're like, this is amazing. I just love it. It's this most amazing feeling. I accomplished something, something that I worked hard for. It's a spectacular feeling. As epic as that is, I want to paint another picture for you. It's that moment when you're in the middle of the race, or maybe you're in the middle of training. When, you, when the finish line, not even close, not in the view, when you are pushing yourself to just keep going, even though you have nothing left. You're winded, you can't catch your breath, your muscles are aching, your side is cramping up, and you start to think, like, what would it look like if I just quit right now? If I just walked off and just quit, that starts to enter your mind. I mean, you start thinking, like, what was I thinking starting a race like this? I don't even like running that much, and I, I joined this race, and why am I out here? I'm on this blocked-off highway or running along this road or wherever I'm running. It might be rainy. It might be cold, and this isn't the fun that I signed up for. What does it look like when you're running on fumes, and you feel like you're just going to collapse any minute? And there's other runners. You know, there's people... They're with you, you know, running alongside you, but they're really just trying to do their own thing, get their race completed, and they're just running past you, and, and there's this moment of just feeling alone. Even though there's other people around, you feel absolutely alone. And the hope of crossing that finish line or any finish line ever again seems so far out of reach that you can't even imagine taking another step. That picture that I just painted for you it's not just a feeling you might be feeling in a race. It's that feeling that sometimes it's a season. That feeling that, that you can't imagine taking another step. That you might collapse at any second. That might describe a season in our lives. And it's not just exhaustion. It's, it's deeper than that. It's that moment when you realize that the passion is gone. That you aren't sure why you're doing what you're doing anymore. It's not fun, and this definitely isn't what you signed up for. And this might be a season in your life. This might be a reality that you're going through right now. We have a name for that season. It's called burnout. It, it, it's, it's burnout. In a post-COVID world, this is the next epidemic. Stressed out, burnt out, overstretched, overworked, passionless, hopeless ready to throw in the towel, going through the motions, just feeling numb, just kind of going through those motions, not feeling like you're, you've got any highs or any lows, you're just 
living. And whatever it is that carries you to this season, whatever carries you there, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's just parenting, or maybe life has just overwhelmed you, whatever that is, that burnout carries over to every part of our lives. That stressed out feeling, that burnt out feeling, it carries over to every part of our lives. Our relationship with Christ is not immune to its effects. Our, our commitment to the body of Christ and what he has called us to do is not unaffected by this. And I want to address this today because I think it's a real issue that we are facing in the church today. Over the past few years, we have seen a large amount of followers of Christ in the church, globally, locally. feel like the solution to this season is just to walk away, just to quit, just to leave. And I want to address this because I don't think that this is something that we should just turn our heads and like just pretend it's not happening, nor do I think it's something that we should do to shame people that are going through this season. It's not something that we should, we should like, you know, throw shade on people because they're walking through this. They're struggling. But rather, I want to take a moment to examine the heart of God in a season like this. I want to I take a moment to, to see where God, what God feels about this, how God reacts to this, and, and I want to offer hope this morning. If you're in this season this morning, I want to offer hope. The scripture I want to focus on is actually in 1 Kings 19. In 1 Kings 19, you can go ahead and prepare, you can get your Bibles ready for that, okay? There's a story of a prophet named Elijah who had an incredible encounter with God. An encounter that I would describe as legendary. Immediately after this legendary experience and encounter with God, he falls into this season of burnout. And we get this perfect view of God's heart in this situation. Before we get there, I want to set the stage for what is happening, what has already taken place before chapter 19. Um, and so here's what's happening. We have this quarrel that's happening between the prophets of the God of Israel, the God that we read about in the Bible, the God that we serve, right? The, the, God, the prophets of the God of Israel, um, they're having this quarrel with the prophets of Baal, who is a false god. And the king at the time, his name is Ahab, and his queen Jezebel, uh, who happens to be the one that's actually in authority here, they worship Baal. And they put all of the prophets of God to death. All but Elijah. And the prophets of Baal, they begin taunting Elijah. And they start saying, shouting out that, you know, our God is better than your God. You know, like this, they kind of like blah, blah, blah. You know, just trying to like, my dad's better than your dad kind of thing, you know. And Elijah, he challenges them to this duel, so to speak. So he says, you bring your God, and I'll bring my God, and we'll see whose God is the real God, because that God is going to, like, basically consume this sacrifice that they set up with fire, Okay, And so the prophets of Baal, they go first, and they begin to pray to, to their god, Baal, and they begin to do all kinds of weird things. They start to cut themselves, and they're doing all these weird you know, th things to like, try and get their god to come down and rain down fire on this sacrifice, and they beg, and they beg, and they beg, and nothing happens. And then Elijah's turn. Elijah gets up there, and he, he kind of does some weird things. He throws a bunch of water on the sacrifice you know there's no way it's going to light up in fire 
you know, and throws another round of water on there. And then he makes his prayer. And God comes down in fire and consumes the sacrifice. And afterward, all the people that were watching, they all turned their hearts towards God because they're like, oh, that must be the real God because this fire came down, you know? And, so, and then they put all the prophets of Baal, they put them all to death. And that brings us to 1 Kings 19. This amazing moment where God just, fire of God is falling down. We get to come to 19, verse 1 says this. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. And so Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say this, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like, like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid, and he ran for his life. I mean, Elijah just had this incredible encounter with God. The fire of God, the God of the universe, displays his authority and his power in these epic proportions. I mean, I've never seen God rain down fire from heaven. I'm not even sure if I want to. I mean, I pray that every once in a while. I'm like, hey, God, send your all-consuming fire in my life, and I want to make it very clear. I, I mean that metaphorically, not really. I mean, could you imagine being a witness to fire just being raining down from heaven, consuming everything? I mean, Elijah watched this happen, and that's not why he's afraid. He's afraid because of the wrath of some evil queen who had no power compared to this God who just rained down fire from heaven. Looking at that, I kind of speculate something that maybe... Maybe Elijah's fear that led him to run wasn't just out of this one threat. Jezebel's saying, I'm going to kill you, and he runs off. I think that this was something that had kind of built up over time. I think it was burst out of a series of events. Elijah's fear that led him to run, I mean, he had to watch the prophets of God, his friends, his colleagues, his fellow prophets, one by one get picked off by this queen get killed, massacred. And then his job of speaking the words of God to the people, to the nation of Israel, the ones who were supposed to be listening and responding, the ones who had been set apart by God, weren't even listening. I think this was a lifetime of stress and pressure that kind of built up over a long time and it results in this burnout moment where Elijah just crumbles, runs off, and hides. Can I tell you, when you're in this season, when you're in that season of burnout, when you're in that season of just wanting to give up, it's really, really hard to understand hope. It's really difficult to understand hope, and it's very difficult to focus on anything but your current situation and how it feels like it's never going to end. Can I just tell you that the natural reaction for us is just to run away, to quit. That's the natural reaction, to quit. Halfway through verse 4, it says this. It says that he came to a broom bush and he sat down under it and he prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under this bush and he fell asleep. 
God, I'm done. I'm done, God. My situation has accumulated to the point where I can't take it anymore. Uh, the pressure is more than I can bear. I'm depressed. My anxiety has overwhelmed me. My joy is gone. Whatever drew me to this place in the first place isn't even reality anymore. Stop the race. This is my new finish line. I'm done. I'm exhausted. My body is done. I, I, I can't take another step. It doesn't matter how much I've trained or how much ground I've covered or how many wins I've had along the way. My situation right now is the only reality that I can see, and I'd rather not go forward. I think for some of us, this time, this moment, this season might happen in our lives, and it might be spiritual, and it might be emotional, and we kind of internalize everything. But there's others of us who, who it, it might be much deeper, as in the prayers of Elijah that he might die are more than just words, but death seems to be the only escape. That maybe even suicide is a real option in your life right now. And if that is you, I'm just asking, I'm begging you to speak to somebody, to talk to somebody about that today. Don't leave this place without talking and sharing that with somebody that you can trust. And I say that because what we are talking about today is that we serve a God who has a heart for you, has a heart for your situation, and wants to see you and each and every one of us live the life that he intended for us. And, and whatever your situation is, whatever it was brought about, maybe it was brought about some, by some poor choices of your own or maybe by the choices of somebody else, God has a plan and has provided the hope that we need to get through whatever we need to walk through in this life. Amen? This morning, I want to share with you guys uh, some really important tools that I've learned um, since I started running in the mornings as exercise. I'm not a professional at this. I don't, you know, like I'm, I still struggle. Um, I think that these tools, though, can become really handy when we apply them to dealing with burnout in our lives, dealing with those moments, dealing with those seasons. Um, but I want to start by telling you a secret. I told you a little bit before, I don't necessarily love running. Uh, I, I don't have a runner's body, as you can see, right? I, it doesn't come easy for me. I started doing it because I thought, this is a really convenient way. I get to exercise outdoors. I don't like being stuck in a gym. I like being outdoors. And so I was like, hey, you know what? This is a convenient way for me to exercise, and, and it doesn't cost that much. So I thought. I don't know. Those of you guys who run probably know that that second part is completely a lie. Um, it is the most expensive free exercise you will ever get into. Nonetheless, with all that in mind, I wanted to share these tools. I wanted to share these, uh, just these tools that I have learned because I want to be honest with you. Um, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't have to drag myself out of bed, that I don't have to drag my butt to the starting line and fight my way to the finish line. It's a struggle every time I decide to run. And so I wanted to share these tools with you. Number one is this. I have to keep my eyes on the goal. I have to keep my eyes on the goal. If I don't focus on the end product, if I don't focus on the benefits of exercise or the fact that I have a race coming up that I need to train for, I won't even get out of bed in the mornings to run. There's just no way. And, and while I'm in the middle of run, if, if, I don't, if I don't set my goal of how far I'm going to run each day and I don't keep focused on that goal, 
I'll quit halfway through every single time. My mind starts to tell me, you've run far enough. You don't have to go any further. You don't have to go to your goal. I mean, you can quit now. Nobody, you didn't tell anybody your goal, so, you know, nobody's going to know that you didn't reach your goal today. And I hear that in my mind, and especially in that first mile, like that first mile is rough, man. It's really, t- really tough. Like you're still waking up. You're still trying to like get going, okay? And you, your mind starts just saying, like, you can stop now. My mind tries to convince the rest of my body that it's literally dying, and that maybe I've run too far, it's too hot to run today, or I'm too tired to run today. And so I set this goal. I set the finish line before I even start stretching. So that I have an answer to battle the thoughts that wage war in my mind against my soul. In my mind, I am focusing on that goal every time that I want to quit and I want to turn back. I remind myself what it is that I set out to do that day. I've been to the point of feeling like I couldn't take another step. I was out of breath. I've been nauseous. I've been running on fumes. But the goal didn't change. The finish line didn't change. And I kept my eyes focused on that finish, finish line. Not just in my head. It's not just my thoughts. I literally keep my eyes focused on the goal that I set before myself. And here's how I do this, because I can't see, you know, three, five miles away. That my vision's not that great. I literally measure my run in streetlights. Check this out. As I'm running, this is what I do. This is just my process. I'm running through my neighborhood, and there are these streetlights. I'm passing streetlights that are strategically placed, you know, at the same distance away from each other. And, and so... Uh, I break up, I actually break up my run into a series of smaller goals to accomplish this bigger goal. When that battle begins to rage in my head, and I'm running and I'm running, and, and my mind starts saying, you can't take another step, there's no way, you cannot take another step. I agree, I just say, yeah, you know what, I can't. You're right, I can't, but I can make it to that next street light. I can make it to that next street light. And then I'm running, and I'm like, I'm there, I get to that street light, and I'm like, you know what, I talk to myself, I'm like, you know what, self? You said you couldn't make it to that next street light. You made it to that next street light. I'm sure you could make it to that next street light. And then I go to the next street light and the next street light. And that happens over and over and over again. And I set these goals. And I have to keep my eyes focused on that street light. I have to keep my eyes focused on that goal. It's something that I can see. It's something that I have in my view. And here's an interesting part of this. When I'm doing that, I have my eyes focused on that goal. Like my posture is up. There's this, and there's this, physical, there's this physical thing that happens when my eyes are focused and my posture is up. There's something that happens. My head is up. My chin is up, okay? Because here's what happens. If, if I drop my chin, this is just something I've learned. If I drop my chin and I start running like this instead of like this, it like kind of collapses my lungs a little bit. And it's a little bit harder to breathe. I can't take in those deep breaths. And I can't get that oxygen that I need to take those deep breaths to make it to my goal. And so my head is up. Here's the other thing that happens when when I have my head up and it's not down. If I have my head up and I'm focusing on that goal, that's what's in my focus. That's my goal. That's my finish line. That's where I'm going. If I put my head down, all I can see is the ground that I'm running on. All I can see is my current situation. That's all I can focus on is my feet hurt, my legs hurt, I'm out of breath, I can't breathe. And I'm sitting there like that's all I can focus on. My head is down, that's all I'm looking at is my current situation, that's all that's in my view. But when my eyes are fixed on the goal, my eyes are fixed on that street light, that's where my focus is. 
it's not so much about my situation or the pain or the out of breath or whatever. My focus is right where it needs to be, that next street light. Are you ready for this? Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews tells us this in Hebrews 12. You've probably heard this verse before. He says this, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him that he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary, you will not lose heart. Fix your eyes on the goal. Fix your eyes on Christ. Fix your eyes on what lies ahead. Keep your head up. Keep your eyes focused on what he has set before you. Keep your eyes focused on what he has called you to do. Fix your eyes on what he has done for you. You're going to feel like quitting. You're going to feel like stepping out. You're going to feel like you can't go on. You're going to feel like you're out of breath and out of energy. And sometimes you might just feel numb and you're just going through the motions and you're going through the motions in church and you're going through the motions in your life and you're going through the motions in your family. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Keep your eyes focused on the Father. And when that finish line feels way too far away, that's okay. Remind yourself, yeah, but I can make it to that next street light. I can make it to that next little goal. And maybe for you, that next street light is that, that, that goal, that next goal is today. Like I can make it through today. That's my next street light. That's my next goal. I can make it through today. I can make it to a point to where I'm spending time with the Father today. I can make it where I can spend time in his word and digging in his word and spending time in worship, even if it's just for a moment. I can do that today because today is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice in it. I can make it to that next light because of Christ and Christ in me. It is because of Christ that I can make it to tomorrow. I'm not going to put my head down and be hindered by my current situation. My situation is not the goal. It is not the finish line. Jesus Christ and his kingdom is my goal. Christ is my hope and he is my reward so that I can rise up and soar, so that I can run and not get weary, so that I can walk and not grow faint. I want to check in with our friend Elijah. Verse 5 continues, it says, All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. And he looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over some hot coals. And there was a jar of water. And he ate it, and he drank it, and then he lay down again. And then the angel of the Lord came back a second time uh, and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by the food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night. Have you ever been in a situation where you were so distraught, you were so burnt out, you were so busy, you were so overwhelmed that you just completely forgot to eat? Where your situation actually overwhelmed you uh, so much and overshadowed the fact that your body was craving this uh, life-giving sustenance and you didn't even realize. In, in order for life to continue, 
we need these specific necessities, right? You need food, you need water, you need oxygen. There's some other things, but you need those things. You can't survive without those things, without those necessities. You need them for energy. Like, you require these things. And so they're kind of important. And I don't know if I need to make this correlation, but in order to go running to exercise, like, you kind of need to be alive. So these, these, these necessities are actually important for running as well. And that leads me to another tool that I have learned uh, since I started running, since I started exercising in the morning, and, and here it is, is that I need to stay hydrated and, I don't, and don't forget to breathe. Stay hydrated and don't forget to breathe. I'm not sure if you know this, but when our bodies get dehydrated, um, they get exhausted really quick. Like your energy gets zapped, your muscles begin shutting down, cramping, all of that kind of stuff. And if you let it go on too long, your body will cease to function. You have to be intentional about eating a good meal, eating healthy, drinking water, making sure that you're hydrated. Not just after your run, but before your run. So if I eat junk the night before, I'm going to feel like junk when I wake up in the morning, and I'm going to run like junk, right? If I don't stay hydrated the night before, I'm going to be dehydrated the next morning, and I'm going to feel it when I'm running. So I have to stay hydrated the night before, the morning of, before my run, and stay hydrated after my run. I have to eat right. Like, I have to do that. You have to remain hydrated so that your body's in the top shape for, to produce the best results so you don't quit halfway through because you can't breathe because your muscles are achy. You have to remain hydrated. And then it comes to breathing. This is interesting, right? comes to breathing. Obviously, you need oxygen to stay alive. You have to. That's just required, right? You, you, you need this oxygen, and you are never more aware that you need oxygen as when you don't have oxygen to breathe. And sometimes when you're running, it feels like that. It feels like, I don't have enough oxygen. And you're panting, and you're like breathing heavy, and it's just like <gasps> gasping for air. So Think about it this way. You know, you start a light jog. You're going to be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to start jogging today. I'm going to start running. And you start running a little bit, and you start losing a little breath. You're like, you know, you're three or four houses down. You're like, whew, okay, I'm, I'm feeling it, man. I'm a little bit out of shape. And you keep on going. You're ten houses down. You're like, whew, man. You know, and then you keep on going, and you're starting to breathe heavy, right? You're at the end of the block, and you're like, oh, my gosh. You know, you start sucking in every air, every particle of air you can in the two-foot radius of yourself, but you keep on going. You're just like, I'm just out of shape. I just got to push through it. You're, you know, two blocks down, and you're like, <gasps> and you're trying to figure out how to inhale more than you're exhaling just because you need more oxygen. But there's a way. That's, that's actually where most people quit running. Because that feels terrible. That's awful. You're dying, right? And so there's this actually way that you learn to breathe this, so that doesn't happen every time. You actually breathe. There's actually like this way to breathe. It's actually called controlled breathing techniques. And when, uh, you, it's when you time your breaths so that your body gets used to knowing how much oxygen to expect and when to expect it. And you end up learning very quickly to match your cadence with your breaths, with the timing of your breaths. And and you're able to breathe a little bit more normally. And obviously, the more you exercise, the easier this gets. Your body gets used to this, okay? Over time, using this controlled breathing technique uh, becomes second nature, and you don't even think about it. It just happens. You just do it. 
you know, and it's just something you do because you trained yourself to do this, and it requires training, and it's different for every person. I'm just going to tell you mine. I know that every three steps, I breathe in, and every three steps, I breathe out. If you ask me to count while I'm running and do that while I'm running, I couldn't because it's just something that's second nature to me. I just do it. It's something that just happens because I trained myself to do that. It happens naturally, all right? But I can tell you this, it wasn't like that in the beginning. I was that person running to the end of the street, and I was like, just one more street light, right? That was me in our walk with Christ. Let me tell you something. There are things in our walk with Christ In our relationship with Christ, there are things that need to become second nature to us. There are things that we require to sustain our relationship with God. And those are our spiritual disciplines. Those are these things, uh, if we don't nourish our souls with, with that sustaining fuel of spending time with Christ in prayer and seeking his face in worship and digging into the words that he has provided for us and letting the Holy Spirit minister to us, we will not have strength to make the journey. The journey will be too much for us. And I know this is more of a preventative thing. I understand that. And you might be saying this right now, like you're, you're in that moment, you're in that season of burnout, and you're like, Bobby, you know what, that's cool, that's preventative, which means six months ago, this would have been important to me, and right now, I'm in it. I can't take another step right now, like I, I'm done right now, I'm dying right now. It would have been important a long time ago to, to do that, but I didn't do those things, and I didn't do my preventative stuff, and I'm in it right now. And I don't know if I can go any further, I, I want to... Go back to our scripture that we just read about Elijah. Because this shows us really something incredible about the heart of God. Elijah's in the thick of it. Like, he's in the thick of it. It's like, this is, he's, he's wanting to die. He's like, God, just take my life. I, I want to die right now. Like, I'm done. He's burnt out and he falls asleep. And it's in this moment that God sends an angel to minister to him. God sends help. God sends somebody to minister to him. And Elijah, it says, it, the, the angel says, Elijah, get up and eat. Get up and eat. I don't know if you've ever tasted food that was cooked or baked by an angel. Um, I have not, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty fantastic. By the way, husbands, this is the part where you say, hey, Bobby, I, I have had cooked food or food cooked by an angel every time my wife cooks me dinner. You're welcome. <laughs> God provides for Elijah's needs in his most desperate hour. He provides in the most desperate hour, this moment that he's ready to give up. God meets the needs of his servant, their physical needs, food and water. If you have connected with anything that we have talked about, Elijah, so far in this, you know, like you are ready to give up. Maybe you're in that place where I just want to die. I don't want to go any further. I can't. I'm out of breath. I'm done. If you have connected anywhere today with that, there's a message for us right here. There's a word for us right now, and it's this. Get up and eat. 
get up and eat. If you're gasping for air, if you are thirsty, if you have not experienced the presence of God in a very long time, and you have not been eating, you have not been spending time with God in the Word, you have not been spending time in prayer, you have not been spending time in worship and letting the Holy Spirit minister to you, if you are starving yourself and starving your soul, get up and eat. I mean, Jesus uses this analogy when he talks about this idea that, you know, if, if as a good father, do you, if your son asks you for a, a bread, do you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, do you give him a snake? No, our father is a good father who gives good gifts to those who ask him. And so if you are in a desperate state right now, if you, are in a, if you find yourself in a desperate state where you're like, I can't go forward anymore, then let us come boldly before the throne of God and seek his presence because he is a good father. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. Stay hydrated. Don't forget to breathe. Get up and eat. A third tool that I have in my running tool bag is this. I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna make this a little bit more brief because of time constraints, but I want you to know something. If you are going through the season of your life, I want you to know that this, it is okay to walk. It is okay to crawl, but keep moving forward. Keep your eyes on that finish line. It is okay to walk. Here's my confession to you guys this morning. You know, I got up here and I'm like acting like I run and I run long distance or whatever. Here's my confession to you is that my run actually consists of a little bit more walking and running. I don't run the entire time. I run until I physically cannot run any further and then I take a breather and I walk for a little bit, just a minute or two, kind of reset my mind so that I can start running again, catch my breath, get back on there, get back on the trail, get back on, the, on my run. I don't run the whole way. I take time to walk sometimes just to kind of catch my breath. Life is hard. Life is tough, and it's going to distract you, and it's going to like mess you up sometimes. It is okay to walk. It is okay to crawl. It's going to feel like that finish line is completely out of reach, like we will never get to experience or see or feel the excitement and know the feeling of accomplishing what we set out to do. The Apostle Paul says this in Philippians 3. He says, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect, but here's what I know. One thing I do know, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I strain forward. Do you get that? I keep moving. I have to press on. I, that calling that God has placed on my life, I will not abandon it. I, I will not push it aside or let it go. I may have to walk. I may have to crawl. I may have to stumble along the way, but I will do what God has called me to do. That is, that is the focus. That is the goal. The finish line is the moment that I take my last breath and I can say that I ran the race and I fought the good fight. I wanted to wrap up this morning as we come to a close. I wanted to conclude with this. I wanted to expose the heart of God in this moment. What does it look like when you're in that moment? You're in that season of just wanting to give up and you're just like, I don't, I'm tired of going through the motions. God's heart is this. If you're in that season right now, please hear this. If you're not in that season, I'm just gonna say this, that your job is to cheer those people on. You're the one at the finish line. You're the one at that goal saying, come on, you can do it. You can do it. But if this is you right now, if you're going through this moment, you find yourself in this moment sometime, I want you to understand God's heart. 
we wrap up our time with Elijah this morning in verse 9. And it says this. God visits Elijah in his darkest hour. It says this in verse 9. And the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been zealous for the Lord God Almighty and the Israelites. They've rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too, God. Hey, Elijah, what you doing? God, here's where I'm at. I'm done. I'm stressed. My life is in danger and I just want to die. Elijah pours out his heart to God. I mean, my life, uh, like, he gives God very little credit for what God had just done, you know, this fire raining down from heaven. But uh, he, and he, 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 the faith that Elijah has is a little bit small at this moment, but that doesn't phase God. Look at God's response. This is what God says in verse 11. He says, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was this earthquake, but the Lord wasn't even in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard this whisper, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave. Hey, Elijah, what you doing? I know you're hurting. I know you're burnt out. I know you're afraid, but I want you to know that I'm here. I'm revealing myself to you. I want you to experience my presence in this moment. I want to remind you of who I am. I am great and I am powerful. I shake the mountains, the earth, it trembles before me. I am that all-consuming fire, but right now I want you to know my peace in this moment, in this whisper. I want you to know my still voice. I want you to know my heart for you. I want you to know that I see your needs. And I want you to know that I'm here with you. I want you to know that I am the provider. I am the great comforter of those who mourn. I bind up the brokenhearted and I restore, I refresh, I strengthen. I am the good father who gives good gifts to his children. Hey, Elijah, what you doing? Elijah, I need you to get back in the race. I need you to get back in the race. I have amazing things for you at the finish line. I have a party waiting for you at the finish line. Let's go. I don't know where everyone is this morning. I just know that this is something that I've experienced in my life. I know that a lot of people are experiencing it around me. I know this is an epidemic right now. And I, want to, I wanted to share hope. I wanted to share God's heart in this moment. I want to share what God's, how God reacts to this. He's not angry with us. He doesn't shame us. He doesn't throw shade on us because we're in this moment. I'm burnt out. I'm crispy. I don't even know which way is up anymore. God's heart for us is to be here in this moment with us. This morning, I, what I like to do um, is I just want to invite... Uh, us this chance to respond to this moment. 
And I'm going to ask you guys, I'm going to ask if there's anybody here this morning, if you connected with this, you're in this moment, you're there, you're in the middle of the race, and you are out of breath, you don't, you don't know if you can keep on going, you don't know if you can take another step, I'm going to ask you to do something really brave right now, because I think that God wants to minister to us in this moment, and this is what we do as a church, this is what we do as a body of Christ, is we lift each other up, we cheer each other on, and so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to stand up right where you're at right now, if you feel like this is, this is that moment you're in, I'm in this moment. I can't, I can't take another step. I can't go another step. I'm done. I don't have anything left in me. If you feel like you're in that moment right now, I'm going to ask you to stand up, and then I'm going to ask those around you to pray for each other. I, you don't have to pray out loud. I just want us to cheer each other on. There's encouragement. There's, in the body of Christ, we encourage each other. We lift each other up. You can do this. God has a heart for you. God has a plan for you. God is, is calling you. God is meeting you here in this place. I'm going to ask our prayer team members if you could join those people that are standing up. I think that God is going to restore some energy. I feel like God is going to restore uh, in our hearts this morning. Can we just minister? This is what we do as a church. If you're, if you're too far away from somebody, please just pray for them right now. Just lift them up in prayer. Let's encourage them. If you're in that place and you feel like you're, you, didn't, you didn't stand up right now, that's okay. I, God is still going to minister to you. God is still going to move in that place. And so I, I'm, I'm asking you just to, to open your heart to what God has. Because God is asking right now, what are you doing? I'm here with you. I'm walking this through with you. I know where you're at. I see your needs. Let's get back in the race. Let's move forward. Keep our eyes set on the goal of Jesus Christ, not our current situation, but on God, on his kingdom. Stay hydrated. Don't forget to breathe. Don't forget those, those necessities in your soul. What is it that we need to do? Spending time with the Lord. Get up and eat right now. It's okay if you're walking. It's okay if you're crawling to that finish line. Keep moving forward. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to conclude today. Father God, I just thank you for each and every person in this place. You are such a good God. You are such a good Father. Lord, I love that your heart is for us to, is to minister, even in those places where we are weak and we are broken, we are hurting. God, I thank you that you are there with us, that you are ministering to us, that you are lifting us up. I thank you that you have given us each other to encourage, to lift up each other, Father God, to, to cheer each other on. I thank you for that, Father God. I just pray that you would just, uh, just bring uh, renewed energy, renewed life in our lives, Father God, so that we can keep going, that we can keep running, that we can keep doing this race, Father God, that when we cross that finish line at the end of our lives, we can look back and say, like, man, I ran that race and I fought that good fight and it was tough, but I made it. God, I thank you for your presence this morning. I thank you for your heart this morning. We praise you and we give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. If there's any prayer team left, if you guys could come on up. And if you need prayer this morning, maybe you didn't stand up and you still need prayer, please, please, please come on up and get prayer and get ministered to. Thank you guys. You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you and see you guys next week. I hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you did, there's two things you could do for me. 
first subscribe to our channel. That way the most recent podcast will always be in your feed ready when you are. And secondly, if this ministry has impacted you, would you help us to continue to reach others by clicking on the link in the description to give now. Until next time, thank you so much for listening to The Empowered Word.